Yo, what's going on? This is your boy, Aaron V. Wishing you guys love. Um, miss everyone. And, uh, oh yeah, you free? Turn my headphones down a little bit, yeah. Static selector. No tone. Turn my voice up a little bit. Secrets out. Two months inside the crib, it's time for me to leave the house. I wanna put my hands around a girl that I've been thinking about. At a distance, I feel like she's someone I would keep around, but when we're together, I be thinking, damn, I need to get back to Atlanta. I be thinking, damn, I need to get back to the music. Time keeps slipping, gotta watch the way I use it. A lot of new acquaintances, I watch the way they move Watch how much stock I'm putting in the way I look, cause it's gonna wash away the soonest. The girls I talk to want the truth from me directly, but I tell them in my music, it's an awful way to do it. I would like to find love for my time's up. Don't get me wrong, I know I'm young and I ain't trying to rush. It just seems nice, but it's tough when nobody matches up to the hype, but really are the way they seem like. Right after Mac Miller died, Static took me to the club and told me what a great person that he was. First person I had spoke to that was hurt the way he was. It stuck with me then, and it still does. At times, it feels like the end times. I feel like I'm gonna get everything I want in time, but will it be in time? A pandemic and climate change at the same time doesn't make you feel like everything's fine. Quite the opposite. I'm a skeptic, but I'm still quite the optimist. I'ma try to stay that way till I do not exist. I'm hoping for some more time, in fact, a lot of it. It's unclear like how it's affected my life because I don't I don't know what people have stereotyped me and then changed the way that they deal with me and how that's affected me. I mean, I certainly caught glimpses of like, you know, people assuming I'm smart or like assuming, and it's a double-edged sword because like, you know, I don't mind people assuming I'm smart. Like that's, it's kind of nice, you know? But at the same time, getting assumed that I'm smart is sort of like also assuming that I'm antisocial or like that I don't have good social skills or that I'm not into partying or, or anything. So yeah, I guess it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, even if, even if it's a good stereotype. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, even if it is a good stereotype, like you kind of have to not consider the fact that someone may be seeing you as a stereotype or making assumptions about you in the conversation with them. Well, I guess it depends on the context. Cause it's like, sometimes you can play up. Like if you know that someone is going to make an, a certain assumption about you, you can be like, well, I'm not going to correct you if you think that. I mean, the smart is a great one. It's like, oh, I don't actually know what the fuck y'all are talking about, but y'all think I know what you're talking about. Then I'm just yeah. going to say you're and not and you know but then on the other hand it's like in other contexts you know sometimes you there's an inclination to subvert those expectations like even on my end i feel like sometimes i I go a little too extreme with like oh i'm gonna prove this person wrong you know where it's like in that way i'm not i may not be you know giving into the stereotype but at the same time i'm still living my life or making my choices based on their perception of me as opposed to just kind of like doing what i want to do and like following my own thing yeah, I would say that the stereotype that's affect my, affected my personal behavior the most is that Asians are quiet mm-hmm. because of exactly what you said. Like, I feel like uh, I feel compelled to counter that, to like prove them wrong. You know, because I mean, I honestly, I know a lot of Asians that are super quiet, too. And it pisses me off because I'm like, guys, like they think we're all quiet. Like, you got to you know, speak up, like make your make your voice known. Damn, that's interesting. I feel like, I don't know, there's just so many different stereotypes. So it's hard to, I guess, like, try like some of them feel true, some of them don't, you know, like, well, the other thing too, is not only do assumptions like take away from the current moment, it's also like, you know, maybe I fell into certain stereotypes, and then I grew out of them. Like, we also don't always give people the privilege to evolve in terms of like what they're into or or what their personalities Mm. are, you know, for sure. 
Yeah. I mean, I think like to some extent, you just kind of have to live your life and not, well, like you said, like try not to, to live based on other people's expectations of you, because it's like at the end of the day, that person who knew you in middle school or high school, like they probably think you're the same person that they knew back then, even though they themselves have changed so much, like everyone around them has changed so much, but just because they knew you back then, they just assume, I mean, I do that too. I assume, cause I don't have any other information, right? So it's like, People just work with what they got. And also, too, I feel like sometimes we view it as people changing, but to the person themselves, it's like they're more becoming like, for instance, I feel way more like myself now than I did in high school. I feel like in high school, I was like projecting a lot of stuff and just like who I was, who how people perceive me wasn't necessarily how I felt inside. It was just sort of how, you know, in my teenage angst, like things were, things were coming out of me, you know? And nowadays, right. like, I feel like a lot of elements that I was back then are still me now. They just kind of surface in different ways. Um, so sometimes I feel like, you mm. know, we, we assume that someone is different, but in reality to them, they're not different. They just took off a mask that, you know, we were around when they were wearing that mask. So we made the assumptions based off that, but now they've taken off that mask, you know, in, in their own eyes. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how like, as people grow, especially in, in college, I feel like some of the stuff that you used to like as a kid, and then you like suppressed or, or like tried not to, to get into in high school, because I don't know, you're trying to be cool or something. And then in college, like, all of a sudden, everybody's playing Pokemon all the time. And like, and, and just like, you know, exploring their interests. I mean, for some people, that happens at different times. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, when I think about like what hobbies I wish I was doing right now, a lot of it is stuff that I started exploring a lot earlier on, uh, like music production or like filmmaking. Those are like things that I dabbled in in high school and I had a lot of fun, but I, I, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't serious about it. But I find that like when I think about, you know, if I were to start a new hobby right now, I'm immediately drawn to those things because I'm like, there's so much unexplored territory that I wish I had the time to do. And it's interesting because like COVID, I feel like COVID also in some senses put like a pause on the daily grind and where things were going just in general. And, and at least for me, I feel like it's actually given me time to like step back and think about how I want to spend my time. Yeah. Have you, I mean, on, on that note, like, have you been able to, well, first off, I'd say like, if those are hobbies, you know, filmmaking, audio production, to your point, I feel like it's always easier to start at a younger age, but at the same time, it's never too late to start. So with that in mind, like, you know, if, if those are hobbies that you would want to start, what are some hobbies that you currently have been doing? Or like, how, what are some of the ways that you've ended up using that time during the quarantine? Well, I, I would say my biggest accomplishment so far in COVID is, is finishing all of uh, Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Enjoyed that very much. Amazing show. But yeah, no, I, I've been, uh, I've been reading more sci-fi. I have like a, a gigantic list of sci-fi books. That I've been wanting to delve into. So I read the Three Body Problem series. Amazing. Highly mm. recommended. So good. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's by a Chinese author, actually. It's it's I think it's might be like the first sci-fi book written by a Chinese author that won the Nebula Award, which is like a prominent sci-fi book award. That was really fun. But actually, like the, most of my time uh, that I spent in COVID is is on this side project that I've been working on. I can tell you a little bit about it. It's basically like I'm trying to I'm trying to build a trading bot that trades on market moving news. So as soon as like something interesting comes out that might affect prices, it'll read that news, parse it, and then place an order. Um, and then if, if it was uh, accurate, then it would, the price would go up and then it would sell it sometime later. Mm. So I've been working on that. And for me, it's like, I feel like I need to be making a forward progress on something. I want to like put myself in a position where like in 
10 years or five to 10 years, I'll have like the resources at my fingertips that I need to do what I really want to do. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I feel like it's like the the concept of momentum too, you know, like you have to kind of keep it uh, a day at a time is the only way to really get shit done at the end of the day. Like you need to to be successful or to be able to kind of, you know, be in a, a better position five years from now, like the only way to do that is to focus on like today and tomorrow and, you know, one day at a time. I will say though, like, actually, before we get into any of this, I feel like now is a perfect time to, to pause <laughs> and do some introductions. So what's up, y'all? Welcome back <laughs> to You Free, our communal podcast. You have me as Zim on the line. And who am I speaking with? Hey, everyone. This is Mike Wang. I'm a Currently uh, a senior engineer manager for MindBody. And so I, I knew Zim way back in high school. That's my claim to fame right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for the past you know several years, I've been working on a startup. And then I was in like the AI NLP space, basically like a chatbot for booking appointments. And we built it for businesses in the wellness and salon and spa space. And so those were our customers and uh, yeah, so after about three years, we sold the company to MindBody, and that's where I currently am, just continuing to to work on the product and building out a, a really amazing engineering team. Damn, that's I mean, that opens up even more potential conversation topics. So I'm trying to pick one. I mean, first off, I'm curious, you know, since you just since you just mentioned it, um, you know, your work with Bowtie and then you know joining MindBody. You know, we talked a little bit before we started recording about how you know you've been on other podcasts more so as like an entrepreneur and like it's it feels like um, in that space, similarly to you know the industry that I'm most closely aligned with, like marketing and advertising. It seems like in that space is like a big pressure, I guess, to be a thought leader. So did you ever feel that as you? You were kind of navigating, you know, before and even after you joined MindBody. Did you feel like, were you doing those podcasts like, oh, I need to position myself. I need to raise awareness. Or was it just like, oh, it's a cool gig. Let me just, you know, talk to somebody. Yeah. Well, the only podcast that I did before, like while actually working on the startup was one related to AI and ML. For those of you who don't know, AI is artificial intelligence. You probably know that one. NLP is natural language processing. So basically like understanding text and translating that into a program uh, to use basically. But yeah, so as the CTO of the company, I felt like I was constantly tested because if you're not an expert at the product you're building, if you're not an expert in the field, then you know what's your worth? The earlier stage you are as a startup, I feel like the more important it is. Well, no, it's, it's always important. It becomes important for different reasons. When, when you're an early stage startup, I think it's important to show that you know what you're doing for people to care in the first place. Because like when you're early, Literally, no one cares about you. You're just a, a gnat flying around, getting in their face, trying to make your mark on the world. When you get a little bit bigger, then it's like people are evaluating you to see it's different problems. You know, it's like people are evaluating you for investment. Customers are evaluating you. And so that's a better problem to have because it's like, okay, you're in a position where if you do well, there's opportunity there. You'll get an investment or you'll get customers. And then when you're much bigger, you know, which I didn't really have the chance to experience, but just based on what I've seen, you constantly have to show that you're still the leader. You know, like if the CEO of Google seems like he's not, you know, up to speed with the cloud engineering space, it's like, what is he doing? Is this why why is he the CEO of Google? That's real. I guess the difference between the tech space and where I see thought leadership pop up more in marketing and advertising and like strategies, it's like at least that I guess is related to specific technical skills or like more like 
trends and stuff. I don't know. I just feel like the, my thing is like, especially, you know, for instance, the other day you liked something I posted on LinkedIn and like, I don't know about you, but my experience on LinkedIn is a lot of frustration a lot of the times because I feel like there's just such an oversaturation of, you know, like to your point, right? You need to position yourself as a leader to be successful. And obviously that leadership, like, you know, the topics may be different. And so some of it may be more, you know, specific expertise. Whereas like, I feel like in marketing advertising, a lot of times it's literally people posting a viral story and just like making some shit up and using some like catchphrases and trying to sound woke. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Um, but it's like, there's such an oversaturation of like, you know, everyone's trying to position themselves as a leader. And I feel like as a result, everybody's claim to being a leader loses credibility a lot of the times, you know, like just because, yeah. you know, even just because you were on a podcast or just because, you know, you posted this LinkedIn post, that doesn't necessarily mean that you really are a leader. And then on the flip side, like me personally, you know, everything I post on my LinkedIn is really just like, I'm thinking about some shit randomly and I'm like, let me just post this. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I just like feel like I have yeah. something to contribute to the conversation, but I'm not necessarily trying to position myself as a thought leader. But then at the same time, I'm aware of the fact that as I'm posting on LinkedIn, everyone is going to assume that I'm posting to become a thought leader or because I'm looking for a new gig or like whatever, you know, like there's just all these assumptions that people make. I almost feel like yeah. I can't post freely there. So yeah, it's just interesting. I feel like there's such a pressure to, to be a thought leader for all the reasons you said, which makes sense. But then it's like, well, as a result, everyone, you know, if everyone's a genius, no one's a genius. Totally, totally. And yeah, no, I, I understand where that pressure comes from because it's like what we were talking about stereotyping, right? People need something to go off of. <laughs> like if they, if you're talking and that's the first time they've heard you talk, then, you know, what else are they going to use to try to figure out, you know, what, what kind of a person, what kind of a leader you are. But at, at the same time, I would say like, I think you're approaching it the exact right way. It's like, if you have an interesting thought, you post it. If you have something to contribute to the conversation, you post it. I think the wrong way to go about it is to, like you said, try to position yourself as a thought leader because it's not about the positioning. You know, a little bit it is, but 95% of whether or not you're a thought leader is what happens during your other time, during the time that you're crushing it at, you know, learning a new design philosophy or in my case, you know, coding and, and learning about engineering. And it's about the time that you put in into your craft. And so it's like, if you are a thought leader, uh, because you've done the work and because, you know, you're genuinely in that space, then when you do post, you know, people, I think, I think people are better BS detectors than a lot of people think. It's like, you can, you can tell if someone is just posting to position themselves as a, as a thought leader versus if they really have something to back it up. I think you can tell. You would think that, man, but I feel like some of these NPCs, for lack of a better term, like some of these, you know, comments that you'll see, it's just like, damn, like you're really falling for like this obvious attempt at just like getting someone to comment what it is that you're commenting. I feel like a lot of times, you know, you would think that people can can see through the bullshit, but at the same time, everyone feels like they're the smartest person on the internet. Like the amount of times you'll see the obvious joke get made when someone like sets up an obvious joke and, and everyone thinks that they're the first person to leave that comment. Like, I feel like a lot of times there people do overinflate, you know, I like don't necessarily always detect like they I don't know, people just kind of enter a lot of internet interactions thinking that they're automatically the smarter person. And like as a result, they just, you know, don't necessarily yeah. read the bullshit or don't necessarily like, you know, see the obvious trolling a lot of the time and things like that. But I'm also thinking about the phrase thought leadership and how like in theory, if there's thought leaders, then there's also thought followers. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> and like it's the follower economy. It is the in, follower. In ten years economy. there will be no there will be no big companies. We'll all just be following each other in a circle. Like I give you $10 a month for your shit posts. And then you, know, you give 
your other friend $10 a month and it just comes back around to me. That's the future. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think uh, what you're saying about people not seeing the bullshit. I feel like sometimes when I see someone post like obligatory stuff on uh, an obviously BS post, I feel like that person is BSing themselves too. It's like they, they are trying to look good by piggybacking off of this, you know, half-baked thought post. It's all kind of like, they're just like doing their own little like circle trick over there. And it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. You know, it's like, it doesn't really matter how those people who you don't like, is is that going to help? Like, is it going to make a difference if that person who may or may not have thought your post was BS commented on your post or not at the end of the day? What makes the most difference is, again, what happens when you go back and do your thing and work on whatever you're working on. Definitely. And I do agree that a lot of the impact is seen behind closed doors. One thing I've been thinking about kind of randomly this week, and this is a little bit tangential, but somewhat related, is the most influential thing on the internet, actually, nobody ever knows who is like the main person behind it, which is like memes. Like every single week, a new meme pops up and suddenly every single person is using this exact same meme format. It's like, you never know who the first person is. You know who the first person you saw using it is, right? But it's like, that's a prime example of like real influence or like real impact doesn't necessarily, like it can kind of be behind closed doors or like anonymous in in a certain sense. I don't know. it's, It's kind of a random thought, but I was just thinking about that this week. Like everyone is trying to be so in the public eye, but it's like, if the intention behind what it is, you know, that you're working on and what your goal is in life is more about impact, then, you know, that's a prime example about how you can have impact or like influence, you know, without being an influencer, right? Yeah. And I mean, again, like what you said about what is your goal, I think that matters a lot because it's like, if your goal is to be in the public eye and to be known and to be heard and and to be a thought leader for the sake of being that, then sure, maybe the right thing is to, to get in front of people's eyes, like as often as possible. And all publicity is good publicity and you can post BS to your heart's content and that maybe that'll uh, still get you what you want. But if, if you're actually trying to make an impact, if you're working on, you know, something that's going to help an industry get better or, you know, help people live better lives, or uh, if you're, if you're working on some craft that you want to perfect, uh, if you're an artist or something, it's like, that should be your focus. With that in mind, what do you like? What is your focus? Like, especially considering that you've already had success, you know, in the AI space with one creation that you've made. And now you mentioned earlier, you know, this trading app that you're working on. Are those, I would assume that to a certain extent, both of those ideas come from a similar place or are they kind of different motivations behind both of them? Like what, what's sort of been driving you to want, like what drove you in the first place to, to join, I guess, the tech space and then like where, what's driving you now and has that evolved or is that more just, you know, manifesting, I guess, in certain different ways? Well, I think I'm in this space because it's fun and I found that like I'm, I'm decent at coding. You know, I, I wouldn't call this like the success, you know, this is just like a starting point. For me, and, and I, so if you really want to get philosophical, so one, one big part of it, again, is like it's enjoyable. Yes, Mike, I always want to get <laughs> philosophical. How long have you known me? You know I want to get philosophical. Nice. Well, yeah, so part of it is like I enjoy it. I mean, you got to enjoy what you're doing, right? Otherwise, your life is going to be miserable. You can't only be motivated by high-minded cerebral stuff. But the high-minded thing that does motivate me, it's like it, it stems from why are we here? You know, what, what are humans? Uh what is the meaning of anything? And just based on, you know, my experience, my knowledge of science, and 
I believe in evolution. I believe in the Big Bang. I believe in, you know, all the science of, of how planets were formed and how we crawled out of the ocean and all that. And it's like that entire view of the universe and reality is very human non-centric, right? Like we're an accident. We're a happy accident. No one planned it, right? Like if, if, if there was like a super intelligent being or God that created the universe, what they would have had to do is smack, take all the atoms in our current universe, smash it together in the exact, like individual atoms, smash them all together in the exact right configuration so that 3.8 billion years after Earth is formed or the universe or whatever, we crawl out of the ocean and then we evolve from monkeys. There's just like, there's no way that was planned. You know, it's an accident. So that's kind of depressing. So we can start <laughs> from there, but it becomes less depressing. So to me, we start from there and it's like, okay, this is all reality is what it is. There's no cosmic meaning. There's no preordained, like I am destined to uh, be, become the president of the United States. You know, that's that, that's, that's just, it's so random. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that is my destiny just because of the configuration of the universe, but that would be a pure accident as well. So everything that we see here and now is all there is, right? And if you assume that, not everyone will, but I do. So if you assume that, then it's like, what can you do? You know, what should you do? How should you live your life? And I think the conclusion that I arrive at is if this is all there is, then the only meaning that can possibly ever exist is meaning that we create for ourselves. Mm. And so it's like, what do I think is meaningful? Well, I know that I as a human, I'm a human, right? So my, my meaning is going to be human centric. So I know that I feel pain. I don't like feeling pain. I know that I feel joy. I like feeling joy. And so to me, the, the best thing that anyone, or at least for, I apply this to myself, the best thing that I can do with my life ever is to make other people's lives better as much as possible. Like there's nothing that I've thought of since ever since I had this thought, there's nothing that I've ever thought of that has caused me to rethink that. That's so interesting because I feel like the conclusion parallels, you know, my, I guess, approach. Like, like for me, I guess, if someone were to ask me what my thesis of life is, I don't know who's asking me that. But if some random person stopped me on the street, like, hey, man, what's your thesis of life? I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like, the point is to try to be the best version of you that you could be in a way that empowers everyone else around you to be a better version mm. that they can be. Which is a very, I mean, a, you know, to borrow your language, is a very human-centric approach, but it's also pretty similar to what you said, like joy instead of pain. It's just like, you know, like focusing on the positives instead of the negatives and like doing so in a way that's not solipsistic of like, I'm the only thing that matters. Let me just focus. You know, exactly. like, we can be human-centric, but we don't want to be like self-centric, right? But at the same time, it's like, I feel like I arrive on that from a different place. Like for me, it's more that I guess instead of this is it, like the way I look at it is like, this is eternal, right? Like humans lived on this land before me. And like, that's not to say anything against science or, you know, the evolution aspect that you talked about, but it's more so just like the universe, you know, the world, like all of this shit existed before me and it's going to exist after me. Like, I'm just a firm believer that like, that's the case. And so with that in mind, you know, all I can do is focus on contributing to the evolution that is already in progress like evolution like to your point you know evolution brought us and maybe it isn't you know from like the non-human centric view is that evolution is evolution in and of itself regardless of the human aspect of it 
But I, what I do know is that humans, unlike every other piece of the evolution that I've seen, have the ability to really contribute to it, you know, in, in a really strong way with our mm. actions. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not just a lot of evolution is kind of passive or is more like we're like that. We're that that line between like nature or animal and God. Right. Like, you know, if you want to use it in that framework and obviously, you know, introducing God also complicates things. So I'm not even going to say like God, I guess, in that sense. But it's more so like we're not quite you know, the animals that are, that are evolving because we do have, you know, our conscious minds and can really like make these choices to, you know, spread more positivity and positive things or spread more negativity. But like in that way, it's like, we're the aspect of evolution that can also contribute to evolution by living our lives intentionally, you know, to help other people and to bring more positivity to other people. So that like, to me, it's, it's, you know, not necessarily the same exact starting point as you, but it's a very similar ending point. And what's dope about yeah. that is like, it's also the same ending point as like a lot of religions get to and like a lot of other, mm. you know, ways of thinking get to, which is just like spread love, help other people, like all right. of that. That's super interesting. You know, be your best self. And what you said about humans, like being the, the pinnacle of, of evolution and like being able to influence the world, aka, you know, fight climate change. But yeah, no, I, I think like we have the opportunity, right? Every human has the opportunity to like do amazing. This is super cliche, but like, you know, everyone, everyone can do amazing things because we have such unique abilities in the eyes of the, the, at least our world, but like, you know, a lot of the, a big chunk of the universe. It's like, how, how insane is that? And I, I also loved what you said about doing what you can while you're here. I forget who said this, but the, the sentiment was like, at the end of the day, not to be, too morbid, but at the, at the at the end of the day, we're all going back into the ground, right? We're going to be a gravestone somewhere, and it's like everyone's gravestone has a start year and an end year, and your life is the dash in between, mm. you know, nineteen ninety two to to whatever twenty two hundred, and it's like what what are you going to do with that dash? What how are you going to leave the world a better place than you found it? during that dash. And the dope thing too, I mean, to kind of even tie it back a little bit to, to, you know, what got us on this topic in the first place, you know, as far as tech, like, it's like, not only that, it's like, what's, what's amazing about the opportunity that we have is that we do live in a world where, where that is more connected than ever. And where there is a lot of more opportunity to just like, you know, like the evolution is continuing and humans as a civilization, a global civilization, a global society, you know, have evolved to the point where, I mean, obviously there's so much, so much, so much shit that we need to figure out. <laughs> like every single day we see reminders of that. But at the same time, there's also so much opportunity. Like we are, you know, we were born a hundred years ago. We wouldn't even be able to record this pod, you know, but podcast wouldn't exist. But like, right. you get my point. You get my point. Like the things that the, just the scale at which things are the possibility to improve things is occurring, you know, happens a lot. But then on the flip side of it, you also then see like sometimes tech is used in that way, but sometimes tech is more used in a way that's just like adding more luxury in areas that don't need it when there are other aspects, you know, where the evolution is direly needed. Um, and then yeah. tech has the opportunity to help there as well. Or it's used as a hook into our primal dopamine system to keep <laughs> us scrolling for pennies. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, or that, yeah, totally, totally. And I mean, I think it's, you know, now that we have this like super high goal, high minded goal of, you know, having an impact, how, how do you exactly have an impact? You know, how do you know that what you're going to do is, is going to be beneficial to anyone? It's like people who are mega rich, like Elon, he's doing a lot, right? He's, he's, uh, he's doing a lot of shit to help humans. At least I, I think he is. I, I'm an Elon fanboy, but 
uh, he also like you know recently he tweeted after he got really rich after tesla gained like a thousand percent in the past year he got really rich and he has all this money on paper now and he he doesn't know how to spend it which a lot i think a lot of rich people find which is like they don't actually like they got rich for one reason and they don't know what to do with it anymore sometimes they just don't know how best to apply it because it's like if you have that much you know at your fingertips the risk is that you squander it if you don't care about it then it's kind of a waste but if you do if you really care about it then you need to make sure not to squander it because like how many people have that opportunity to really make an impact I also think there's the idea, right, of like, damn, I'm trying to remember this quote, right? It's, there's a quote, something along the lines of like, no one's idea is better than everyone's idea or something like that. Just this idea that like, it's through collaborative thinking that the best ideas surface. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, when we talk about things like making an impact on the world, people have their own definition of what that is, or even like, you know, you know, in the case of folks with a lot of money, like how to use that money, it's like any decision that they choose to make with their money, people are going to criticize it, right? But a lot of the times it is seen as like individuals making individual moves as opposed to like, right. I guess like to, to borrow the phrase I just used earlier, like a global community, you know, engaging with each other in a, in a way that, you know, is focused on improving things. And like, I don't know, like the conversations aren't always productive. You know, sometimes if it even feels like sometimes the conversations we seem are productive are more just like assessing problems as opposed to being solution oriented and, and, you know, actually finding ways to move forward. So yeah, I don't know. It's just like this, this idea of like everyone, even if you have a good intention of wanting to improve the world, it's like, without being, I guess, open to hearing other ideas and to evolve that way of thinking to involve other people, you know, then you can run into some pitfalls as well. Tell me how I feel so deep. I must be from a different planet, must be from a different planet. Tell me why they feel unique. I must be from a different planet, must be from a different planet. Tell me if you
must be from a different